What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 2024 Australia Day, or January 26th edition of Why Am I Like This? Um, it's a very un-Australian Jeep. She's pulling out of a driveway in front of me right now. So apologies if you can hear that. Kind of makes me feel like I'm back in America where I've spent the last 17 or 18 years of my life. Ish, 16. It's a bright yellow. Bye-bye, bye-bye, fuck off. Okay, cool, 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 cool. All right, thank you. Um, so thank you for tuning in live or if you're listening to this asynchronously. Um, why am I like this? It's a container within room radio. I'll take a sip of my coffee. Um, I'll say for, in this context, I'll say it's for collaborative spiritual refinement, which is really like the broom and the pot in general. But I would say through the particular lens of um, me talking about my experience, which is why it's called Why Am I Like This? And also talking about aspects of my experience which relate to channeling directly from um yeah like a vaster beingness that i know as nobu the elder who is not me i'm just like nobu Jimmy chan and sometimes people call me nobu but i wouldn't call myself an elder um i've talked about you know my perspective of the perspective of my vaster self and my guides um on what eldership is and i guess i'll recap really quickly by saying that like elders essentially unravel karma and don't cause karma to accumulate in any given context and i'd say that's like a really tough thing for any human to live up to but i think that we can embody elder energies and some of us may become elders in our lifetime um but yeah, this is a container where I channel over the elder in response to questions which are posed to the container of why am I like this, um, either during the container itself or, you know, asynchronous to the container. And I'd say a lot of these questions come up on social media or in the broom or in the pot itself. Um, and then, yeah, basically, I bring them into the container of why am I like this? Because I feel like answering them properly, I want to say, maybe of like more benefit than throwing away like a quick answer on social media or something like that. And when, one of the questions which came into this container right now is, are there Australian cars apart from Holden's and Yates? Um, yeah, I think like I think I've mentioned in some places Holden's. Ford Falcons are kind of like a dying breed, like I've called them like endangered megafauna in Australia. Because when I was growing up, it was just like, you know, probably like 80%, nah, probably like 60% of the cars were either Fords or Holdens. And probably about 40% of that 60% were utility vehicles or utes. Um, but they're kind of... Uh, I would say like endangered mecha fauna because I don't think Australia really makes much anymore, which is 
sort of a sign that it's going in the direction of most modern Western countries where they outsource most of their manufacturing. I heard recently that Australia had zero paper factories, which is kind of crazy to me. Um, I'm not sure if it's true. <laughs> you know, like, feels like those things where you start to have conversations with, like, you know, slightly older people in, like, this era, and you're like, where did you get your news from? Like, did you hear about that? the grocery line or the fish and chip shop or you know i mean this person was very educated i just I, I mean i guess to be honest and to reflect honestly i haven't really um taken the time to educate myself on it but if it's true um i'd say it's definitely newsworthy i'm making a tobacco offering now i'm gonna get to the real question from ahmed in just a second but it's australia day so i feel like part of me is embodying you know like the, the egregore of australianism a little bit more i met up with one of my friends here and we were talking about australiana and like exploring australian culture through visual culture when there's this uh you know i think it's kind of connects a little bit to like a previous container of why am i like this where we were talking about like spiritual expansion through interactions with art, food, clothing. We didn't talk about music specifically, but I think I think of music as art. And there are some pretty famous, like really kitschy Australian designers, like somebody called Ken Dome, and somebody I was talking about with my friend yesterday, who's also a member of the pop. Her name's Hannah Budge. Um, she's a really fucking talented designer. But there's this designer called Jenny Key, and they both do like super kitschy Australiana type stuff. Or I think what I've learned recently is called Cracky Core. But I'd say like the Australian egregore is kind of like lazy and cheeky, and then like a little bit frightful. Like for me, this is like, I guess this is a little bit more like why am I like this? But Australians tend to be kind of cheeky kind of lazy and sort of like rebellious but then when it comes to actually doing things they're sort of like lazy and fearful so they kind of, they kind of get a little bit timid but i don't want to embody the the timid aspect of that egregore but i'd say for the rest of australia day i'm going to try to do my best to embody the so-called larrikin aspects of cheekiness and um I would say laziness, but I think part of cheekiness is like being really comfortable in your own skin and not necessarily like, you know, kowtowing to um, expectations of decorum. And sometimes that probably manifests a little bit like laziness. And please disagree. Kara. Can you hear some of the, the native Australian fauna in the background? My neighbors are like emptying that car. They're not really native Australians, to be honest. But I'm going to mute for a second while I operate this sliding door.
Cool, 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 cool. So before I re repeat the question which Ahmed offered to this container, which didn't relate to endangered Australian megafauna, I'll say that, um, yeah, I only allow this for the cosmic time. And I'm bringing forth a light language transmission from the one that I know as Shekna on um, building. And I'll start now. Kia, 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 kora. Kia, 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 kora. Kia, 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 kora, msala, kora, kite, tamshe. Kia, 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 kora. Kia, 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 kora. Kia, 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 kora. Timsara, ostan, teat, kon, sai. Kia, 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 kora. Kia, 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 kora. Kia, 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 kora, kamsai. Kia, 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 kora. Kia, 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 kora. Kia, 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 kora, kamsai. Nahana sorakala samtincha. Nahala samtincha. Nahala samtincha kora. Kia, 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 kia. Kansai. Kia, 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 kamsai, narsha, tilet andam, narshan, tateta sambo, narapatasta, naramsta, nosta, kieta anta, toshta, tete, metefta, masto, tarate, namasa. Nam shara tata karuka sananda tata kalita namastoi. Nam shara. Nam shara. Kam tito shat anza toro tem. Kam tito kat esto parum shtaro. Tiro shtatele kum sal, kum kiete mastatarae tolek, kam shtate pereshtoro, kam tenat kanspir, kam sifte pedonare takut stai, tiem, kam kiaro stai.
Shire Tomat Ilek Kum Sarat Tastamat Initiato Kiana Tataro Shikant Satapanun Tastarakanat Tastakoma Tishtana Kiatum Softarete Taranisht Kadet O Tastanaman Kadamna Doro Tin Kiatero Shatanama Tatisto Titanere Katadamta Rutaishta Nidero Satakala Shit Kian Storat Tatananishta Kalai Kalai Kian Satanabokora Shitanakale Mastohoran Titina Kian Nistara Takona Titina Stokor Ashtanam Kian Thanks for waiting. If anybody else has any offerings, by the way, please feel free. Kiam Tara Shine Suftera Tatukora Tam Satinete Trisht Kiam Stine Shiftera Maturo Nastava Kana Kiam Stine Nilekaro Stad Tenema Sotanam Kiam Tine Kalaturu Stana Ishtera Unan I was thinking a little bit about how <clears throat> in the book club, the Sharia Way book club, we've been talking about Hazrat Inyat Khan's mysticism of sound and music. And in one of the chapters, I think on the early chapters, like six and seven, um, Hazrat Inyat Khan was talking about how in Asia and in India, the music is kind of closer to the spiritual tradition of music because they play certain songs only at certain times of year. Um, and if you haven't checked out the Sharia Book Club read-alongs or exegesis sessions, then I highly recommend finding them in the podcast app you're using or Spotify or YouTube because I feel like that work, among other works, um, when I talk about works, I'm talking about like the actual work which goes into hosting containers about the work called the mysticism of sound and music. But those containers, amongst others, have been really seminal to a lot of what's been happening in the broom. But 
the reason it came up for me was because I was thinking about how when we make offerings in this way, like when we channel either for a session called Tea, which is every Monday to Friday, nine o'clock in the morning, Perth Australia time, or you know, when we're just spontaneously channeling in any other live container, or just spontaneously channeling in the pot itself, in the Discord server, which is called the Brun. We're not only like singing songs which are appropriate for the time of year, but I would say singing songs which are appropriate for the time. Like outside of the cycle of earth and sun time. Um, so in some ways I would say it's even more special than what Hazrat Inyan Khan's talking about. <laughs> but please disagree. <clears throat> So I will repeat the question that Ahmed offered to this container. I'm not trying to keep you in suspense, but I do feel like I'm being moved to keep you all in suspense. Just so that I can repeat the disclaimer slash the guarantee that I make at the beginning of every container of why am I like this in some variation of the form, which is that I can guarantee that no context will be enmeshed or no calm will be accumulated in this container, including the space times where people are listening to this container. And I guarantee that context will be disenmeshed or that karma will be released in this container, including the space times of those who are listening to the recording of this container. And I also guarantee that I will hold space for good faith offers of repair, aka feedback. And without further ado, I'll repeat the question that Ahmed so kindly offered to this container, which is Coming off of yesterday's discussion, this was the 19th of January, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on the relation between thought form complexes and emotions slash affects slash valences. I almost pronounced emotions like I'm see on this. <laughs> Different thought forms can trigger the same affects, which makes me think that the emotional valence is more primordial than the thought form. Or at least I'd imagine that the relation we have to thought form complexes is a similar relationship that thought form complexes have to emotional valences. And so for me, this question hits hard, but I want to hold space to see, um, especially like Ahmed, if, you, if there's anything you want to add to this question in terms of context. If you want to say something in text, then I can read it out, but I also welcome y'all to unmute. And then if anything's coming up with you with regard to this question now, or anybody else in this container, if you'd like to make offerings. I would say to the container of this question, within the container of why am I like this? The only context I'd add is, uh, I make a reference to a conversation we had the day before. In that conversation, we mentioned how um, basically thought from complexes rely on you know, human thought or human cognition to actually survive. And so that's kind of what I was referring to when I refer to the second part of that question of an imagination we have to thought from complexes and similar relationship that thought from complexes have to emotional valences. 
Such a thought-provoking question. I'm really grateful that you offered it. I remember when you first offered it, I was like, okay, I can tell this is auspicious. Right now, it doesn't feel like I can tune into it. Um, but I'm looking forward to tuning into it, and I guess now is the time. Um, does anybody have any thoughts on how to go about responding to this? I feel like some of y'all might have some nuances about it before I kind of... You know, if you've like been in these containers before, if you listen to recordings, I feel like I tend to like come through like a, you know, like an overnight freight train once I start going. And I definitely want to hold space for others to make offerings. Maybe that's why people listen to this container. I don't know. Why am I like this? Why was I like that? Why am I what I will be like next? What is typing? <laughs> Something about emotions being primordial to thoughts really aligns for me with thoughts spelled as that hoe over there. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing about that. Apart from it being cheeky. Are you embodying the Australia Day aggregate? Hold on. <laughs> mm, I think so. Yeah, enjoy, enjoy. Maybe you can imagine yourself smoking a dairy with your, your, your arm hanging out on the right-hand side because we're driving the right-hand side of cars on the left-hand side of the road here. Imagine yourself flicking a dari onto the road beside you with your arm hanging out the window on the driver's side of an Australian utility vehicle. Ford Falcon or Holden Commodore, up to you, as long as it's one of those two. <laughs> a dari. <laughs> oh, it's spelled D-U-R-R-Y. Um, I used to, when I was growing up, there was, there was this guy who, I think he went to the school I went to, but then he ended up being a little bit, like, off, you know, like, mentally handicapped, I want to say. I'm not sure if that's politically correct, but I kind of don't care, because I feel like y'all know I'm not a monster. Um, but he used to drive around just, like, picking up all the trash in, like, one of these, like, four-wheelers. <clears throat> Um, they used to call him Dari Dave because he was always smoking a Dari. And like, he, would, he was fucking savage. Like one time he ran over my foot while I was playing soccer or you know, probably playing like rugby or something. And I feel like in my memory, I'm not sure if he actually did, but he used to like just make noises on his four-wheeler as he was driving around. And I remember him right, running over my foot and I was like kind of in shock. And he was like, <laughs> like he was just always like, <laughs> um, so that's that's what Dari Dave was, um, and he did like a Dari. And also, I'd say like a lot of Australians like driving around with their arms hanging out the windows, you end up with like a car tan. I don't know if that's something that happens in other parts of the world, but you know, Australia is a very sunny place. So like the car tan that you get from your elbow hanging out of the side of your vehicle is, I feel like, pretty Australiana to me. Um, 
but um yeah this this question of like emotional what's coming up for me is like emotional thought forms but this question of emotional thought forms which is strange um sort of tingles for me when i was first reading this question so i think like if i understand what ahmed is getting at correctly in this question it's sort of like there's kind of like a hierarchical relationship between say like life forms and then thought forms and then thought forms relating to emotional valence as sort of like a like a meta thought form um please like disagree but that's like what came up for me when i was reading this question and i was kind of like um i don't think like that's quite how i would say it or i wouldn't say that like necessarily speaks too precisely to like the, the neurosis that i'm receiving on this question but um <clears throat> i'm looking forward to exploring so i think yeah i'm really grateful that you brought in the context of this idea that i talked about i won't say introduced because i've talked about in a bunch of different contexts and i would say it's also not something i'm introducing to earth um but this idea that life you know thought forms depend on life forms for i would say like disorganized energy or i would say attention as opposed to awareness um with attention being sort of like a I want to say reactively more focused texture of awareness and then also numbness is sort of like a texture of awareness which I would also call attention because I feel like it arises from a reactive tensing which closes down interconnection between different souls of our body um such that we don't feel things um like literally these channels and meridians get tightened in our body and we don't receive information from some of the bodies of our body um so i think that's like a really useful frame to reintroduce into this container for um i'll say like the container of this question again and then i'm just going to like put another container in this container which relates to emotional valence um and then you could imagine inside that container there is a container for I'll say like valence itself or I'll say the closing of possibility into choice and the closing of choice into time and I'll connect that to Aldebaran, connect it to Alcyon, I'll connect it to Procyon, connect it to Sirius, I'll connect it to Alpha and Beta Centauri, and I'll connect it to Pollux. And then next to that container, I'll make a container for emotion and i'll connect that to sirius and i'll spice it up with some obsidian and i'll connect it to saturn 
not connected to um yeah say like various emanations within the body of a nugget I'm curious if anything is coming up for y'all. If you're tuning into these containers, perhaps not. Holly says that she has a serious car tan on her left arm, so I imagine that's from driving on the left side of the vehicle. Lexi says, something that comes up for me with Ahmed's question is how I can sometimes think that my thought forms are true because they feel true in my body, or I guess through the ruptures in the space-times of my body or maybe because of the demons that come through those ruptures or portals. Yeah, I mean, I think that relates to the last container of Why Am I Like This, where I talked about the interaction between intuition as, I would say, like a force which arises um, from and in between interconnected souls in our body, which also moves towards disorganized energy so it can be cleared which therefore, you know, gives power to karmic obstructions in order to release them. And then sometimes I would say that results in the expression of these karmic obstructions as thoughts which are being purged. Um, and also sometimes the expression of these thought forms which attach to karmic obstructions, which contribute to what I've just recently spoken of as this closing of possibility to choice to time so that we can have experiences which allow us to touch even deeper karma. Um, yeah, but to return to the container on emotion and valence and emotional valence inside the container of my response to this question, I'll say that the way that I want to define the relationship between emotional valence and thought form and um, life form, or you could say like divine will or life force which flows through and animates life form. Um, I'm just gonna like clear some egregores around hierarchy then. And I'll say that to me, emotions are a subset of thought form. And I feel like in order to do that, I have to like describe thought forms as something that exists at a vaster level than perhaps like how we tend to define them as they relate to our experience in our bodies. Um, in order to do that, I'll define what I believe is like kind of if there could be said to be a normative definition, definition, <laughs> I said demonition, a normative definition of what thought form complexes are as they relate to our experiences in our bodies, I would say that it probably relates to something like um, like arrangements between symbols and concepts that end up being encoded in our neural networks as I'll say a mechanistic artifact of this like vaster de definition of thought form complexes. And I'd say that like that definition is normative because we tend to think of thoughts 
as symbols and concepts or um, amalgamations or orchestrations of symbols and concepts. Um, because that's kind of how they appear to us, like in our other chakras, which I would say like process experience symbolically and conceptually. But I feel like, you know, I'll offer this to the container as well, but if you like zoom up a little bit and out and down, you can imagine that thought form complexes might have a certain sound within the body of reality that we experience as material reality and immaterial reality. And that those sounds can be thought of as vibrations. And then those vibrations, I'm kind of thinking about how when someone's like driving around with their stereo and they're like, doof, 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 and it sometimes like it shakes the walls in your house. And I'd say like the shaking of the wall in your house and then like sometimes like the, the movement of material, right? Like sometimes the walls shake and then like, like dust falls off the walls, or like little, you know, little artifacts or sediment falls out of the wall. I would say like that is analogous to the encoding of symbols and concepts in our neural networks in our bodies. But there is like a whole sound which gives rise to that encoding, which I'd say relates to a vaster and perhaps non-normative definition of what a thought form or a thought form complex is. And then I would say that emotional valence is another one of the artifacts of that sound, which I would say can connect to symbol and concept. I can I would say can connect to the encoding in our neural networks that we interpret as symbol and concept in our bodies. But I would say it has a different material artifact, which I would say is closely connected to the chain of producing and consuming hormones. And then what I want to offer to the container now is how the mechanisms which lead to the producing and consuming of hormones and the mechanisms which lead to the firing of neurons which create slash reinforce thought forms in our bodies. And um, you could say like create and reinforce patterns of thought forms which connect to the production and consumption of hormones. Could be said to arise from the collapsing of, I'll say, upstream of this possibility. I'll just say like, I'll refer to it as like reality right now. It's like a pretty rich hyperdimensional space. Collapsing into possibility is already availancing for me and then collapsing into choice arises from more i'll say like valence collapse and then choice collapsing into time 
again from more valence collapse valencing I feel like my crown's lighting up quite a bit, so I feel like I'm probably making offerings in the unseen in relation to what I'm saying. But I'll, I'll pause there and see if anyone has any questions or any offerings or thoughts which come up in response to what I've been sharing. I'm going to look at the question again. Please disagree. I just had this image just of saying please disagree almost like an officiant at a marriage might ask if anybody has any objections to the union which is being performed. And the idea that they might forever hold their peace if they don't object at that moment, which I think is bullshit we've been talking about like toxic monogamy in the broom quite a lot but in a more intense way in the last week or so i would say it's like how are you gonna expect people to behave as if they can like see the future when most of us are like full of shit like we're like literally like full of like karmic obstruction which stops us from accurately perceiving choice and possibility planes let alone like um yeah i'd say aspects of reality which only project onto dimensions which are up stream of possibility and then hold people to proclamations or anti-proclamations that they make without being aware of those projections onto planes of choice and possibility and dimensions upstream of possibility seems unfair to me and it says makes total sense not to what i'm saying about toxic monogamy or asking people to make oaths and vows which relate to things that they can't know but i believe i'm responding to what i was saying about um the relationship between emotion valence and thought form and life form or life force makes total sense essentially at a higher level a thought form complex is anything the emotion comes downstream to it in how we interact with that thing hmm. yeah i like how you said anything like not anything as one word but anything as two words because i absolutely believe that things are thought forms at a certain phenomenological level from a certain phenomenological perspective right like again there's like sounds but then what we are gesturing at and i would say like what we are working with on a metaphysical level when we talk about things is a form which has even denser artifacts of symbol and concept because we're perceiving everything through our body um and we're perceiving everything through the awareness that arises in our body and when it comes to what we call things i would say we're interacting with artifacts of those sounds which are purely symbolic and conceptual in their metaphysical nature and then 
to what you're saying about the emotion coming downstream, yeah, I would say, I mean, I don't think that emotions are only downstream of thought forms in our bodies, but I would say that they are, the, like if there is a cycle between thought forms and emotions, then it starts with thought forms. So the way I, I guess I'll continue to elaborate on that is that we perceive reality through the lens of thought forms as humans and you know other life forms on earth especially do this and interaction between interactions between things which we perceive as thought forms and that creates a certain texture of awareness and then i would say that certain i would say like building blocks of karma interact with those textures of awareness to set off chains of um valencing which lead to emotions and then of course those emotions also texture our awareness such that we perceive reality differently um perhaps i would say through i'm going to say slightly more specific thought forms which relate to tightened or more collapsed versions of the same sounds that we call things and then of course that can often lead to emotioning and valencing which you know i think in, in some ways we're talking about looping thoughts at like a slightly denser level where we're including the interactions between emotions and thought forms and then, you know i further on said maybe downstream isn't the right thing essentially a result of our interaction with that thing i agree yeah i think i think that aligns with what i was elaborating on and um, i apologize for not including your correction to what you had previously said when i read what you read and said um mm, i am forgiven <laughs> Hoda's lighting some incense. What kind of incense are you lighting? I like how you specialized and said lighting incense IRL because we often do make lots of offerings in the unseen in this container and in the broom. Dragon's blood. I fucking knew it. I should have I should have just said it. <laughs> Cause then I would look super cool. I was gonna ask you to guess. Well then why didn't you? It's your fault. <laughs> it's all your fault it's all your fault it's all me it's all me why always me that gift i'm really curious if you are familiar with this gift because i know that you like association football <laughs> balo you must be familiar with balotone but a true code <laughs> oh i thought you were spelling his name in like some cool iberian way but yeah balo balotelli um yeah i'm just gonna tune back into the container of the question to see if there's anything but please feel free to offer anything that you feel is aligned to this container 
I guess like what I'm kind of tuning is like I'll say like a filament of this question which relates to like thought forms as being which is kind of spicy for me and then the beingness of these thought forms having almost like I'm just going to say kind of tongue-in-cheek like an emotional relationship with emotions and valences. And I don't think that this was super obvious to me when I first read the question, but I would say it's clearer to me now within this container and having integrated some of the offerings of this container, how this connects to what I was kind of feeling into as like a hierarchical relationship between life forms and thought forms and then thought forms and valences. And I feel like it's more or less clear in the explanation that I laid out previously that what I kind of see this relationship as being is like a relationship between life forms and then emotions and thought forms as things that arise from valencing processes which occur in response to our life force interacting with the fields or the sounds of thought forms and thought form complexes so if anything i would say if there is a hierarchical relationship between thought forms and emotions i would say that they're kind of like i would say like thought forms in our body has like orchestrations of neural patterns are sort of like the older siblings to emotions in our body but then both of them are kind of like children of the sounds of thought forms and then as far as how life forms relate to thought forms as sounds which are not just outside inside our body i mean i feel like the emotional texture of those relationships changes based on the level and the type of attachment and the thought forms. But I would say often they probably can feel like parent-child relationships where, you know, I'm thinking about how people will be like, I'm a communist or, you know, I'm an Asian Australian or I'm a libertarian socialist. It's like there is an identification there, which I would say like feels very much like a life form kind of as a child of a thought form um <laughs> what is this? let's fucking go family system of five <laughs> um but yeah, I would say like in those types of relationships, life forms can relate to thought form complexes almost in a child-to-parent fashion. And I would say that thought forms in our body as orchestrations of neural patterns can relate to emotions as child-to-parents. Say, like, logically, logically, or mechanistically more like older siblings since you know as we spoke about they 
tend to initiate the chain of emotional orchestration. But I would say that in the strength of emotions and the centrality of emotions to the formation of our feeling of self and our self-concept, which is itself an orchestration of neural patterns or thought forms in the body, the emotions can often feel like, I would say, like the mothers of thought forms in our body, despite mechanistically, I would say, being more like the younger sibling of thought forms in our body and the children of thought forms outside of our body. I feel like now I can kind of get more of a sense. Like, I, I feel like I'm getting more of the sense now of what I was feeling into when I first read this question. Oh, man. And I guess, like, the image that's coming up for me, which I'm also offering to the container, is, like, um, like, if you were to, like, roll a brain around in ink and then roll it around on a piece of paper, and then sort of uh, unfold it. So you could roll, you know, press it into the ink and then press it into the paper. I feel like the latter pressing is like what we're getting now, whereas the former rolling is what I was feeling when you first asked the question. And I don't think that what I'm offering there is specific to this question, but I feel like this is a pretty nice context in which to offer this term based on the elaboration of the question itself and also the elaboration of the response as a container within the container of the question itself. And I'm really grateful for the question and how you asked this question and the opportunity to offer this term sort of like neural Reverse origami. <laughs> I guess like what I'm tuning into now is how based on the mechanistic and I would say texture-based discussion of how these different, I'm going to say cheekily, thought forms about thought forms, emotions, valencing, and thought form complexes. Um, yeah, like the way that I've been channeling this response and how these thought forms about thought forms, emotions, valencing, and thought form complexes and sounds relate to one another, situates emotions and valencing within our body and I feel like a little bit sad about that but I would also say to complement that that the way that our fields or our life force responds to emotions and thought forms tends to create emanations in many collective or yeah I'd say individually accessible collective realms <laughs> 
that we tend to, uh, you know, in, in these containers and in the containers of the zero 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 lineage space, I tend to refer to as like etheric realms and astral realms, such that these emotions in our body can cause communication that arises in different realms in our body such that these emotions can communicate with other emotions in other bodies via the emanations in these individually accessible collective realms. And I also feel like I've spoken about this in this container and otherwhere my like this containers and otherwhere otherwhere on the internet where I talk about our bodies as existing within bodies which constitute our reality as we perceive it through astral realms and etheric realms and vibrational realms. And I would say that given that we've been talking about the emotional textures of the relationships between these sounds, I would say that like what's being offered is remembered lineages of thought forms which we can use as clean tools to perceive the interactions between sounds not strictly as dynamics which arise between life forms as we tend to, I'd say, normatively think of as emotions, but almost like masks that we can use to create shadows in these unseen realms, which we can interpret, I would say, mythologically or symbolically, so that we can more skillfully and safely navigate thought forms as sounds which are often hostile to life forms in realms where we don't see. I'm going to close the container and I'll say thank you once again for the question Ahmed thank you for all y'all's offerings if anybody has any offerings before I squeeze the door shut such that the latch catches that's it Ahmed says I'm not quite sure I understood my your very last point um Yeah, I guess like what I was offering are like vibrational tools which allow us to interact with thought forms on a vaster level than our bodies and also allow us to gain insight into the interactions between thought forms such that 
we can navigate interactions with those thought forms more skillfully through an understanding of their emotional beingness which is mediated through i would say like friendly thought forms which relate to their emotional beingness and i guess i'll specify by saying that often lineages relate to what i'll call demons which is like what my perspective of my lineage's perspective is on thought forms um they interact with demons in ways that associate an emotional beingness to demons which from the perspective of my lineages from my perspective does not exist like i would say that the way of interacting with demons as if they have emotional beingness comes through the lens of highly attached demons whereas what i'm offering is the ability to interact with demons as if they have emotional beingness without being attached to the thought forms which give them qualities of emotional beingness in our perception of reality does that make sense yeah but we have norms and emotions to help us through things like preset responses to help us get through it yeah i think that's complementary yeah i'd say that those are a form of demon for interacting with emotions and i'd say that what i'm offering is like a set of well-behaved demons for interacting with demons on an emotional level versus like working with mostly poorly behaved demons for interacting with yeah thought forms in our body on an emotional level and i feel like from here on when i speak about thought forms i will speak about them in the more normative definition which is like orchestrations of neural patterns in our bodies and i'll continue to refer to thought forms as sounds which leave artifacts of valencing which arises emotions and thought forms i'll refer to those sounds as demons in this container and outside of this container Ahmed <laughs> says demon tools lol yeah i mean i i'll definitely say like consistently from my perspective of my lineages we have tended to refer to demons at our most generous as tools versus emotional beings which i feel like is something which is more popular in like new age spirituality or like westernized buddhism and buddhism itself which is to think of demons as like emotional beings who can be catered to and like healed and i'd say that like definitely from my perspective of my lineages it's more about refining tools you know, keeping your knives sharp making new tools but we hold them outside of emotional beingness because from the perspective of my lineages based on my perspective emotions are things which arise in body in life forms and orchestrations of production and consumption of hormones which you know demons and thought forms don't have bodies they don't have life force which is why that distinction is so important for my lineages and i would say that 
when we interact with demons and thought forms and emotions as emotional beings, then they tend to have a different kind of hold on us, which tends to lead us to give more of our awareness as attention or numbness or dissociation to these demons than I would say is healthy for our body. Um, but again, I would say that some of the tools which are being offered in this container relate to being able to navigate interactions with and between demons as if they have emotional qualities, just so that we can understand those interactions more skillfully without being coerced into giving our awareness and our attention to these demons in ways that are chaotic for our bodies or for other bodies. So yeah, when people say like, feed your demons or befriend your demons, I would say like, yeah, you can love tools. You can love using tools. You can enjoy wielding them. You can get attached to wielding and loving them. And you can, mm, I would say, start to not only become like childlike, you know, in your relationship to demons, but also to become slave-like in our relationships to our demons through the good intention of feeding them and befriending them from the perspective of my lineages, from my perspective. Hmm. Well, I'm going to type Thanks, Nobu. This is very helpful. Thank you again. Thank you all for joining live. Thank you for listening. If you're joining this container in space times, which are I'll say dislocated from this time and this space. Um, this has been another episode of Why Am I Like This in the Broom Radio. And you can find info on joining live and also supporting this container with money or other forms of energy. But I'd say mostly money um, in the description or the tweet or the social media posts from which you found this container. And I'd like to say thank you again, and I hope to see you soon. And also goodbye, Craig. Thank you for recording. And peace to you all.